Good morning. Thank you, worship team. I love those songs. I really, really do. It's nice to know when I get to heaven, I'll be just like them. Because I'll be changed, not them. Right, Mike? No, it's it's um, it's really a wonderful way to prepare a preacher. We're very blessed and I'm very thankful for all the music we have and all the talented people we have in this assembly, including the choirs. I'm very, very thankful, as I'm sure all our speakers are. I titled uh, today's message, <clears throat> even though, uh, where is he, Mark tried to steal part of it. We'll do the best we can. Um, but the perils of unbelief or the victory of belief and trust in Christ. It's a contrast. There was a movie made in 1945, a war film. Um, it was taken from true events. It was called Objective Burma. Anybody as old as I am that can remember that? Good. Yes. Wow, all four of us. <laughs> uh, it was about a group of army paratroopers led by Captain Nelson was his name, uh, known as the actor Errol Flynn, who dropped, they dropped into Burma to locate a Japanese radar station that was heavily camouflaged. Um, They were successful in blowing it up. However, they were not successful in their initial escape back. Um, Lost a lot of the the men. And they became the hunted through the jungles of Burma. They continued to lose men at every heartbreaking turn or they thought they would be able to escape the Japanese army that put everything behind it to catch them and kill them. And so they kept fleeing and kept fleeing until they got a message via plane to go to these coordinates, which they thought would be an airfield where they would be able to be picked up. Eventually they got there only to find out it wasn't an airfield. It was a hill. And then it became obvious that they were to stay there and hold that hill that in itself didn't seem to show any significance whatsoever. But their job was to hold it against the Japanese in World War II. The captain's faith in the army to rescue them and his faith in his soldiers that were left with him uh, never wavered. He continued to believe in them and believe that they would be eventually rescued. And also, another key to victory was his men never wavered in their faith in him, though the obstacles were so tremendous. But they eventually were rescued after holding uh, the hill overnight against hundreds and hundreds of the opposing forces. And um, 
To me, it's such a wonderful example of what faith can do. And let's face it, who knows more about faith than us? Thanks to Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. We know a lot about faith. Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day which you've made. By faith, we we opened up and knew we'd be coming here, and by faith, we did. And we uh, worshipped you this morning to remember your death, burial, and resurrection and honor you for what you've done for us. And so now, Lord, I pray that as we open your word, you would bless it, that you would help each and every one of us to um, gain something from it. And we thank you now that you're such a faithful God who we can trust and believe in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You ready, Al? Okay, thumbs up. That's a good sign. We're going to start with Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. May not be a familiar chapter to many of you, but I hope it is a blessing to all of you. Take care, brethren, that you are not, that you, that take, let's try again. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil and unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourages one another day after day, as long as it is still called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers in Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture. We have three verses before us today. I'm going to split them up. One, two, three. The first one I'm going to title warning. It's a warning. And so we will repeat Hebrews 3.12. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. How do we fall away from the living God? We lose faith, don't we? Has anybody here ever had their faith weakened? You don't need to raise your hands. Only I will. But it's a sad, sad thing. Because doubting God, make no mistake, is a sin. And it hurts us. It also hurts him. For who here can't say, how God, if you're saved today, if you're a born-again Christian, have not seen time and time again the faithfulness of God in your life. But basically, when we doubt, we're telling him we don't trust him anymore. It may not mean, we may not mean to say that, but that's exactly what we're doing. 
Matthew 15, or no, excuse me, Matthew 13:58 is how Jesus felt about a certain village. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Isn't that sad? That the people were so not believing him in him that he couldn't give them and bless them with so many wonderful things he could have done for them. Many men of God that we've read in the Bible and women um, have times when their faith wavers. When they lose sight of their God. Make no mistake, they and we always choose to do that. That's not God's desire for us, to ever lose our trust and faith in him. That's something that we we can do through situations or circumstances. And maybe there's somebody here today that's having trouble. Maybe there's somebody here today that's discouraged. Maybe there's somebody here who just doesn't know what to do. But I hope, and it's my desire, as we look at the character of our God, as we see how much he loves us, that we might be encouraged. Out of all the men and women of God, I chose because it always it always amazed me as a young Christian. How can this happen? How, how can this actually happen? And then as I got older, I realized it can happen to any one of us. But it was the great man of God, Elijah. He was he had done so many things even before he slew all of um, Jezebel's prophets and did that miraculous work there. He had done miracle upon miracle upon miracle. And so we'll take this up in first Kings 19, one through three. Now, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and even more. If I do not take make your life as the life of them, them being all her dead prophets by tomorrow about this time. And he was afraid and he arose and he ran. We can't judge him too harshly. In fact, it's probably not wise for any of us to judge him to begin with. The word of God is is before us for what? To teach us. To learn from. To realize there's things we should do and there's things we shouldn't do. 
But the wonderful end of this story is God didn't leave him alone, did he? God could have. He could have been fed up. Really? Really, Elijah, after I helped you do so much, including killing all those prophets, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, and then I give you the capability to bring rain down, to cause fire. But see, as grieved as God was, he still loved Elijah. As grieved as God gets us, gets uh, frustrated with us sometimes and sorrowful, he still loves us. We should never forget that. A quote. Faith is not the belief that God will do what we want. It is the belief that God will do what is right. Max Licato. The next verse is Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another day after day, so long as it's called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Because sin, again, is deceitful. Sin finds its origins with the devil. He's always got a whisper for us. He's always got something negative to shoot our way and see what sticks. The devil delights when we doubt our God. This is portion, the second verse, the first warning. This one, the solution. Hebrews Hebrews 12, verse 2. You're doing great, Al. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is our supreme example. That's what we need to do when we get discouraged, when our faith gets weak, when we when we we don't think right. We need to fix our eyes on Him, Jesus Christ, who is our Author and Perfecter. Romans three twenty two. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all of those who believe, for there is no distinction. Again, the key for all of those who believe. That has to be at the core of our conduct. We cannot let our faith waver. We cannot fall into doubt. Believe me, we can't do that on our own. I, you will fail. But when we look to Christ, when we cling to Christ, when we feed on Christ and in his word and in conversation with him every day. That's that's a recipe for a victorious life. Another quote, we cannot always trace God's hand 
but we can always trace God's heart. Spurgeon. Mark chapter 9, verses 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. You see, that's not wrong. That's the man being honest with God. I'm here because of who you are. But I need your help. We can't ever get to the point where we get too proud to look to Christ. One of our greatest enemies in our life is self-confidence. That goes against the grain of all the promotions all of us that were in sales for years heard every year in seminars here and seminars there. No, for Christians, we cannot afford to be self-confident, but we can be confident because we know and we, we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. But there are times when we do. We do err, don't we? We do slip. We do sin. But we need to confess it. We need to forsake it and we need to leave it. We need to forget about it and we need to cling to him. The third scripture of that portion this morning is Hebrews 3.14. And I call this the promise. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. There is the key. Holding fast again to the promise. Who is the promise from? Jesus Christ. The promise that I will never leave you nor forsake you. How awesome is that? How encouraging is that? I pray if there's anyone here this morning that does not yet know him as their Lord and Savior, they understand how much this God loves them and doesn't want to see them perish. Ever. Anyone. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Who didn't learn this as a young Christian in their memory cards? But it's so true and it's so true today. As much as it was then, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Whose understanding? Ours. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Okay, that's basic Christianity. That's for that's for beginners. Wrong. That's for us till the day we die. That's our map. That's our instruction. Another quote, when life becomes a heavy load, an upward climb, a winding road, in daily tasks, Lord, let me see that with me you will always be. Dennis DeHaan. Matthew 8, verse 13. And Jesus said to the centurion, 
Go. It shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Most of us have experienced God's intervention in our life through an answer to prayer, situations, circumstances. I remember as a young Christian, it was tough because I wasn't in a church like this. I didn't get the kind of support we have here. Uh, Bible studies, prayer meetings, so much fellowship, everything. But I discovered something that was um, pretty helpful. I started to remember the things that God had done for me. And it always started with my salvation. And after about five or ten minutes, I felt so much better. Because I remembered what he'd done. When we get in trouble, as when we forget what he's done for us over and over and over. In conclusion, another quote, never be afraid to trust in an unknown future to a known God. And if you know anything about Corey Tamboom, she really went through it. Horrific things. She never wavered. A godly woman. John 14.1 Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The words of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Don't be troubled. He doesn't want us troubled. Do we get troubled? Yes. Do we get discouraged sometimes? Yes. Should we? No. But we do. Does he stop loving us? Does he stop remembering us? Does he stop watching over us? No. Psalm 91, 1 and 2 is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know about you, but that just juices me up every time I read it. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress. My God, in whom I trust. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I hope today's message has been a blessing. I hope it's been encouraging. And if possibly it's been convicting, embrace that conviction. Learn from that conviction. Confess that. What has caused you to be convicted. And if you're here this morning and you're holding out on Jesus, believe me, it's a fool's errand. He loves you. As much as you might have other people in your life that love you, He loves you more. He wants to give you so much. 
But at the top of the, the packages is eternal life. He wants to give you salvation. It's my prayer that you do that this morning. And as we close, I give you one more portion that just shows you the heart of God and the love he has for, for us. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning that we've had the privilege to look at some of your scriptures and to remember how faithful you are to us and how much you want to bless us. Help us just to continually turn our lives and everything that's in them over to you, to trust in you, to walk with you, to speak with you, to be blessed by you and not corrected, to be encouraged by you, to be strengthened by you. We just ask that you bless this time now, Lord Jesus, and the rest of the day. In your most precious name, amen.